suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined well, hello out there. Welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and yeah, we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today, we return to Utopia. You're going to love it. Part six in a six-part series. Well, we left off in our last episode. At that point in the story of what the hell was going on in the minds of the leaders of Ranishpuram on the big muddy ranch where Ma Anand Sheila. You remember, she was the Bhagwan's designated and unchallengeable chief of staff. And her Ranishi followers had just concluded their efforts to poison and incapacitate the local population by contaminating salad bars with salmonella in 10 Wesco County restaurants, you know, resulting in the intentional poisoning of 751 people. You know, and at that moment, Local, state, and federal authorities had rightfully concluded the Ranishis weren't just some harmless, weird, sex-crazed, cult-like hippie group in red robes led by some bullshit artist guru attracting wild pussy and spouting nonsense and getting rich while doing so. No. No, they posed a dangerous threat to innocent people, and they were willing to try and kill people to promote their own private interests. No one had died in the Ranishi mass poisoning attack, no kudos or or thanks to them, but the attempted poisoning and potential murder of hundreds if not thousands of people, citizens of the United States, was serious business and must be dealt with by the authorities in the harshest manner imaginable, possible, and had to be done so immediately, so that these clowns who represented clear and present danger to the community would be eliminated. The offenders need to be taken off the streets. Residing on a ranch, their next stop was destined to be a prison cell, and they deserved it. They were a public menace of the highest order. And if and if further proof is needed that utopic cults can mutate, you know, from peace and loving communities and become an outright menace to a society, you know, see its twisted but Svengali-like leader hypnotize and pervert the thinking of his disciples, look no further than the events that would take place in Tokyo 11 years later on March 20th, uh, 1995. A weird lunatic Japanese cult, A-U-M, Om Shriniko, 
A-U-M, led by a Rasputin-like freak. There's no other word for it. He was a radical, malevolent, homicidal monster, a maniac by the name of Shoko Asahara. And he carried out, and, and his group carried out on his orders, his minutely orchestrated, detailed plans that he had under study and had in the works for years. And given Asahara's go-ahead, these mindless killer cult members launched a coordinated attack on commuters utilizing the Tokyo subway system, releasing sarin gas, one of the most toxic nerve agents known to science, and they release it into the subway system. Sarin is a chemical weapon of war. Odorless, tasteless, exposure to sarin can cause a most painful death within minutes. Within minutes of exposure, one is dead. Upon its release into the, um, the, the Tokyo subway system by five of the AUM members, within minutes, there were 5,000 incapacitated casualties, according to Tokyo police. And they were in need of immediate medical attention. Uh, you know, of those that were sickened by the serum release, 984 ultimately will be clinically diagnosed as having been at least moderately poisoned and hospitalized. 54 poisoned so severely that they'd be admitted and treated in intensive care units. And 12 unfortunate victims died. From this circumstance. So yeah, local, state of Oregon, and federal officials were not overreacting when they decided it was time to bring the hammer down on these highly educated, rich, but spoiled, selfish, immoral, dangerous, sociopathic, psychopathic, homicidal lunatics, these Ranishis. Local um, uh, Wasco County authorities, the state of Oregon, the federal government, and all varieties of state and federal agencies, the FBI, environmental groups, they were all now fully engaged against these guys. Ronnie Spurm and the cult were done. The days of the Bhagwan idling away his time, you know, meditating, chanting, floating around naked in his private hot tub, having sex with doe-eyed dopes, Dupes, really, driving around in one of his 93 Rolls Royces while sporting one of his very expensive $50,000 watches on the Big Muddy and in, in Wasco County. Those days were over, pal. Yes, they were. Authorities might even hope, pray even, that this asshole, the Bhagwan, would next enjoy his meditation from the inside of a federal prison cell if there really were a god. Well, anyway, at, at minimum, this guru's next trip, <laughs> unaided by deep inhalations from, of, from his nitrous oxide gas canisters, would be his extradition from the United States. Extradited where, you might ask? 
Truthfully, nobody gave a shit about where this fakir might be sent next. Who cares? As long as this bullshit artist was gone, that was all that mattered to federal authorities. The goal was simply to be rid of this fakir. And, and, and all his loon disciples, no matter what happened, the Bhagwan's run as a mystic guru in the United States was over. Rajneeshpuram would be gone. And as for all his women... Well, he'd have to find these fish. You know, he'd have to lure them from somewhere else. He'd have to come up with, you know, some more insightful platitudes that sounded far out from some other utopia that he'd envision or he'd create as long as it was situated outside this country. That much was certain. And as the investigations continued, the evidence mounted, and it became ever, ever more clear as to just what had been going down and was going down on the Big Muddy Ranch. For a utopia claiming peace, love, you know, friendship, brotherhood, this was one large brotherhood and sisterhood of some very angry, vengeful people bent on hurting others, and if necessary, killing their neighbors. This was akin to kind of like Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Plans were well underway to do people in. And as it became ever more clear to the authorities just who had planned, coordinated, um, orchestrated, directed, and then, you know, had actually ordered the implementation of the attacks, the authorities zeroed in. They were going all in on their efforts to take down the orchestra leader of all this evil, the Indian tigress, Ma Anand Sheila Silverstein, and all her fellow chanting, oozy-packing, free-loving utopians residing in Ranishpuram, who had agreed with the insane Ma Anand Sheila Silverstein and had concluded that it had been within their legal rights, had deemed it morally justifiable in order to, to, to achieve it, the cult's political objective to poison 751 fellow human beings. If this is what it is like in the boardroom of utopia, one can only imagine what Hamas board meetings are like today. Full-scale criminal investigations on multiple fronts were expanding rapidly and increasing pressure, you know, and upon, and it was continued to be put upon the members of the commune to fess up or else. You know, and it was quickly becoming evident, even to committed cult members, with without the you know, without the need for weed or nitrous oxide, that it was time to see the light. What a long, strange trip it had been. Yes, even even sober, not stoned, many of Ranish Purim's cult members could reason that they, Ranishis, had gone way, way over the line. 
you know, far more than one toke over the line, baby. There was a lot of chalk on their shoes, man. The U.S. government was intent on convicting cult members guilty of serious crimes and sending all those responsible for these heinous actions to federal prison, possibly for a long, long time, as Linda Ronstadt used to say. It was apparent also that it was only a matter of time now before arrests would be made. The mass poisoning of close to a thousand people was an unconscionable act in a civilized society, and the U.S. government was going to stop at nothing to get at those responsible. It would be a relentless manhunt in pursuit of all those on the commune who knew anything at all, anything at all, about or had participated in any manner with the criminal conspiracy to poison Aragonian citizens. And unlike in, in the Kevin Spacey award-winning uh, movie, Usual Suspects, you know, a, great, a, gr a great movie, by the way, there would be no Kaiser Sose this time, you know, fooling, outsmarting criminal investigators and just walking away from the crime. This was not going to happen in this case. That was Hollywood. This was real life. And the charade of a utopia on the Big Muddy Ranch, that had played itself out. Uh-huh. No more make-believe, assholes. As Mick Jagger once sang, it was all over now. Or if you prefer, Mick had once spelled it out, baby, 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 you're out of time. Well, they were out of time. And it was, it was time that every man and woman consider for him or herself. It was time to get back to the real world. Informants, having concluded of their own accord, you know, plotting to poison and potentially murder a thousand people does not appear upon reflection to in any way have been a good plan. And not only is it incongruous with, but in fact, it seems to be the dipole opposite of the conception of the promotion of peace, free love, friendship, brotherhood, harmony, and the creation of utopia that we had planned for on the big muddy ranch in the wilds of Aragon. No, the plan had not been well conceived. Poisoning people is never a good plan. Things had gone completely haywire on Ranish Purim, and now it was time cult members decided to boogie, to look out for number one, to do whatever it might take to avoid jail time. Talk to a Stasi member, approach the KGB, make a denunciation. It was time to approach investigators and reveal, you know, report just how insidious, cold, calculating, manipulative, malicious, malevolent, just how venomous, dangerous, and crazy were the cult leaders of Ronnie's Purim. I wish to come forward. Yeah, nobody likes a rat, right? Yeah, well, too bad. We'd come from all over the place for a piece of all that wild pussy. No one on Ronnie's Purim had come there to poison people, man. Nobody had seen themselves going to prison either, man. Nobody likes that. 
Nobody. Nobody has seen this shit coming down. I promise you. So before long, Ranishi informants began to come forward, knocking politely on state and federal investigator doors. Uh, I'd, I'd like to make a statement. I think I can be of some assistance here in your investigation of the mass poisoning of citizens. Um, can I please make a deal? Because I really didn't have a lot to do with it. But I'll tell you everything that I know. I mean, this is, this is what was going on. And with the help of all these Ranishi informants, the U.S. Attorney's Office uncovered numerous crimes, some they didn't even know about, and conspiracies that ranged the gamut from immigration violations, immigration fraud, false claims of marriage, all sorts of fraudulent racketeering actions, illegal wiretapping, violation of numerous gun laws and regulations, assaults and conspiracy to commit murder and actual attempted murder. And these were not misdemeanors. And investigators, including the FBI, they weren't even close to finishing their investigations. They began, and they began to hone in on the cult ringleaders who had planned, conspired, and had ordered and carried out the attack. And as the investigators gained traction and zeroed in on the, on the main culprit, Ma Anand Sheila, because she was at the center of this criminal conspiracy, she had been directing numerous criminal enterprises, but she wasn't a weak man. No, she was not. She was just crazy, just nuts. And she doubled down on, on things. And she doubled down hard. She dug in like an earthworm would, along with eight fellow Ranishis. Seven were females and one was a male. You know, disciples of hers. They drew up a hit list of government officials that were now to be murdered. I shit you not. I mean, this was totally nuts. And furthermore, Ma'anan Sheila Silverstein prioritized those identified for assassination and her main antagonist, U.S. Attorney Charles Turner. He would go down first. Their efforts should be such that Charles Turner would be the first to die. And while Ma Anand Sheila was conspiring to kill an appointed U.S. attorney from her judicial district, federal agents were closing the net on these crazies. Indeed, events were spinning completely out of control on Ranish Purim. And, and one fact alone, should shed some light, should confirm the danger that Ranish Purim presented to Aragonians. One Ranishi cult member turned informant, close to the ringleaders, was willing to testify against them and provide authorities vital details of the assassination conspiracies and the murder plots in the works at the current time on the Big, big Muddy, but only provided that he would receive prior 
written assurance of his admission into the federal witness protection program. Are you kidding me? That's the level of fear induced in a fellow cult member whom was contemplating the ramifications and the risks attenuating his potential testimony against ringleaders of Ranish Purim. Oh, when the worm turns, peace and love and all that. Oh my God. You know, I, <laughs> I promised at the beginning of this story of Utopia a few weeks ago that this was going to be a six-part series addressing the evils of all utopias, all the utopias ever conceived. This is part six of the six-part series, but there is so, so much more to share about these kooks and how it all went wrong, so wrong, so I lied. There will be seven parts, at least, to the six-part series, you know, maybe more. But, but I promise you, I didn't lie. I just didn't know it would take this long to lay out the story. So I'm going to end part six on this note. You know, when I was in college, I mean, that was 50 years ago, I, I read all of Carlos Castaneda's books, you know, very spiritual, mystical. It, it was that era. I was like 18, 19 years old. My friends, they were doing mushrooms, dropping acid, you know, peyote buttons were the thing. I did none of these things, not because I wasn't cool or not because I was better than them. I recognized I had enough mental problems as it was. I didn't need to introduce into my system more mind-altering chemicals. I was already sufficiently into my own head and struggling. But there was a memorable line from Carlos Castaneda from one of his books that applied in 1984 to the situation, to the circumstance involving a coterie of the Ranishis and the U.S. government. Carlos Castaneda had written, In a world where death is the hunter, my friend, there is no time for regrets or doubts. There is only the time for decisions. So, we're going to be back in part seven of the six-part series to discuss the idea of the hunter and the hunted, truth and consequences, and the decisions that need be made. God, I hope you'll turn in. I will and I know that I can 
When did the skies change? When did we turn back? How am I ever gonna get myself back? The sea's now boiling and I'm getting cold. I've lost my sails, got to find a way home. Alone in my boat, I think of my wife. I'm lost in a drift on the high seas of life. See you. 